Game show presented by Rico, Chris McPherson, alongside former Eels linebacker Ike Reese. And the anticipation is in the air. I'm a little jittery at the moment. The Eagles take care of their own business, shutting out Washington by a score of 24 to nothing. First shutout for the Eagles since 2014 against the New York Giants. Really no contest once Alshon Jeffrey hauled in the touchdown at the end of the first half. We're going to break that down, but right now, the Bears are helping the Eagles out, leading Minnesota 24-10 with four and a half minutes remaining. And of course, if the Bears hold on to beat the Vikings, the Eagles are in the playoffs and they will face Chicago at Soldier Field some point next weekend so we're going to keep you abreast of what's going on we're going to hear from head coach doug pearson and we don't know which quarterback we're going to hear from because the one thing that we're going to have to follow throughout the rest of the afternoon here is nick Foles exited the game with a chest injury we don't know how severe it is so obviously we're all excited that the eagles have a chance to possibly continue their season if the bears can hold on but then the questions will begin how serious is this injury we're going to hear from coach pearson but i wonder if we're going to hear from anyone before we find out the final result of this game, Minnesota is taking the field on offense right now. Again, we're going to keep you up to date with everything that's going on in that game. I feel like I feel like this is going to happen, but let's talk about the Eagles taking care of business. We all wonder whether, whether the focus would be in the right place. Would they be scoreboard watching? But they went down to Washington and never gave this team a chance to get into the ball game. A very undermanned team, especially on offense for Washington. Josh Johnson. First pass of the game, first play of the game, intercepted by Rasul Douglas, setting the tone today for the shutout. Yeah, I mean, this is this was a game, Chris, that you knew you, the only concern you had was that whether with the Eagles played down to the level of their competition. And and thankfully they didn't. They played like the team that's been on a nice little roll, now winning five out of their last six games. They knew they had to go in there and take care of business against an inferior opponent. Really got off to a little bit of a slow start. Give Washington's defense a lot of credit. At least they came and played as if they wanted to win the game. But Washington just didn't have enough on offense. Eagles defense just dominant throughout the game, not allowing Josh Johnson to breathe at all uh, today. And Nick Foles doing what he did the last three weeks, which was really being on a hot streak. I, did, did he wind up? He did, he, did he tie the record? He okay. tied the record. I know it was at 24 at one point. <laughs> I didn't know if he had tied it or not. So, yeah, him tying the uh, consecutive completion percentage record. Uh, Donovan did it over two games. Nick has the singles uh, game record plus the uh, overall For consecutive NFL, completion. Correct. Yeah, so 25. So, nice job by the offense today. Just methodically taking care of the Redskins. I think about that uh, touchdown drive. I think it was right before the half. Yes. 19 plays over 11 minutes uh, resulted in a touchdown to uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Here we there, go. Right? 19 plays. 87 yards, yeah. 11.49, 11.49, taken off with almost the entire second quarter, yeah. eight first downs. It was the longest drive in terms of time and plays by the Eagles since 1999. And uh, Alshon Jeffrey with a 19. man catch, <laughs> a man's catch in the end zone, taking the ball from Josh yeah. Norman and coming away with a touchdown. And at that point, Having a 10-0 lead at halftime, you knew this was ball game. Yeah. If, Two-score game. Two-score yeah. game. Eagles were getting the ball back. You knew it was going to be all said and done right there. If it were a one-possession game, you might say to yourself, we're a little concerned, all right? You're, right? you're letting Washington hang around here. But the Eagles taking care of business, getting that drive finished off with a touchdown to give themselves the 10-point lead going into halftime. Uh, update from Minnesota, Kirk Cousins was just drilled to the ground, throws an incomplete pass. We're now seeing a fourth and ten 
situation there, but an injury timeout right now for the Bears as the players being attended to on the field. So key play coming up for Minnesota, facing fourth and 10, just 339 remaining, trailing 24 to 10. If Minnesota doesn't get this first down, that might be game over. And yeah. what's fascinating is that game's taking place at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, where the Eagles won the Super Bowl back in February. The Vikings going all in on Kirk Cousins with a guaranteed contract, thinking this was the guy that pushed them over the top. And the Vikings have not delivered today in any way whatsoever. The Bears, now they're not going to be able to get the number two seed. They had something at the beginning of the day to play for. If they won and the Rams lost, the Rams manhandled the 49ers, so no chance there. The Rams will be the number two seed in the NFC. So Bears locked in at that number three seed, but saying, you know what? We could take our division rival and wipe them out of the playoffs before the tournament gets underway there. Yeah, former Eagles assistant, good friend of Doug Peterson, Matt Nagy, Come great job there. today. Yeah, said he would play his guys, and I'll give him even more credit for continuing to play his guys. I had this feeling all week that regardless of that score in the second half of that Rams game, if this game was close, most coaches want to win. They want to finish out playing strong, and the, and the Bears and the Vikings game have been tight all game. And so you get to this point in the game, regardless of what the Rams are doing in their game, I felt like the Bears would finish this game out with their starters and, and try to go into the playoffs with some momentum. Uh, they had a great defensive effort today. Listen, just just turned the Vikings over on downs again. Yes! So that game is yes! pretty much over uh, in Minnesota. Two-score game. Not official yet, but listen, Bears take care of business. Eagles take care of business against the Redskins. And coming down the stretch, listen, after that Cowboys game, we didn't know what this season would end up being. Correct. Uh, after that heartbreaking loss. I can't uh, hold that right Dallas. now. Like, come on now. Celebrate, man. Yeah. Be, be excited. Not yet. Be we excited. have a few minutes. Still a few minutes ago. Yeah. 3.34 left. But Well, you, you, we need one of those Giants collapses in, in order. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't even have that <laughs> answer in my mind. Don't even throw it out there. Late but, game collapse have hurt the Eagles enough this season. We don't need another one there in Minnesota. Team, yeah. Exactly. I, I agree. But uh, if the Bears can, hold on. What a great uh, finish to a season. Uh, defending champions look like they may have the opportunity to actually go and defend their, their title in the postseason. Just get a chance. That's yeah. all you want at this point is a chance in the tournament, and the Eagles one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now because you mentioned that Cowboys game. They lose that game in overtime. You figure done deal. They, they lost the season series. They were swept by the Cowboys. Really no chance to win the division whatsoever. And then you were looking at the schedule. Have to go to Los Angeles. Have to host Houston you know, winning the AFC South Division title and still have a chance for one of the top two seeds, and then you close out with Washington. You figure that the way the team has been playing, maybe they get one of those games between, you know, L.A. or Houston, but they just not played consistent football throughout the course of the season. So you had a hard time saying this team was going to go on a run here sure. to finish off the season. But going to the West Coast, getting that win, dominating Jared Goff and the L.A. Rams offense, which had been putting up close to 37 points per game at that point in the season. Well, that dominating effort followed up by being able to eke out the win over Houston the following week gave this team the sense of confidence that, look, there's good players. There's championship-level players in that locker room. Things took a little longer than you would have wanted for everything to gel to come together. But you want to be playing your best football. The cliche is you want to be playing your best football in the month of December, and the Eagles are doing that right now. I'm sure I, I was, part of me was wondering that I'm happy that Matt Nagy and the Bears went out and wanted to win this game today, but part of me almost wondered who would we rather see in the playoffs? Because L.A. did that last year. Yeah. L.A. on purpose figured 
we have a chance to possibly win our wild card game and then go to Philadelphia to take on Nick Foles and the Eagles. We'll, we'll take that any day of the week. So right. they, they kind of backed their way into the playoffs to set up that matchup. And then remember, they lost in a wild card round to Atlanta. So that matchup with the Rams never materialized. Well, all of a sudden here, you know, Minnesota, look, they win and get in. But the Bears are like, you know what, we're not even going to give them a chance. We're not going to play around. We're going to make sure that they get out. So we have a little over three minutes remaining. Uh, the Bears go three and out, being conserved, trying to run time off the clock. They're going to have to punt the ball. So the Bears maintain a 24-10 to 10 lead, but Kirk Cousins and the offense will get the ball back once again, Ike. Yeah, and, and the Vikings don't have any timeouts. They have to use all of their Correct. timeouts right there. So even if, even if they were able to muster up a touchdown on this series, they're going to need an onside kick in order to get the ball back or the game is over. It's going to be difficult for Minnesota to pull this game off. Uh, the Eagles taking care of business today, and then the Bears going out and taking care of business. The Eagles hot team right now. I guarantee you nobody wants to see the Philadelphia Eagles, the defending champions with a little swagger, got their swagger back. Uh, if they can get into the postseason, that's all they want. They just want a chance to get in. They know that they are championship tested. They know that they can uh, overcome all odds. Underdogs at home, all three post games last year, two post games at home, and then even in the Super Bowl, I think they were a touchdown underdog, or Correct. at least in each one of those games. So this team knows uh, how to overcome adversity. If they're able to get in, if they're able to get in uh, this year, it's going to be an even more difficult task because you're looking at three road games. You're going to have to play in order to try to get to Atlanta. One at a time. Yeah, well, I'm just saying. The biggest thing is, yes, that yeah. will be the case. But the goal is to win the Super Bowl. The goal is to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. And this takes me back to the very beginning of the season. Alshon Jeffrey was not on the field for the Eagles. He missed yeah. the first three games while overcoming the rotator cuff surgery he had in the offseason, playing with that injury in all of 2017. Well, at the beginning of the season, he went up to the offense and said, the season begins with Atlanta, and it needs to end in Atlanta. Okay? They open the season with a win over the Falcons. It looks like that they are a couple minutes from getting into the playoffs here, and they will have a chance to get themselves down to Super Bowl 53 in Atlanta. But first things first, the Bears still have to finish off the Vikings. Still a couple minutes. We have 2.33 remaining in the game. Bears have the 24-10 lead. Minnesota does have the football at this point. So, you know, the big question is going to be with Doug Peterson – what to do at quarterback here because again we have to wait to find out the injury prognosis there for Nick Foles again he took a hit to the chest on a drive came out of the game was evaluated on the sidelines went with the trainers to the locker room he was declared by the team as questionable to return with a chest injury so it could be a situation where quite simply the game was at hand okay you know maybe they said this game's wrapped up defense is pitching a shutout we, we've got more than two score lead let's just go out and finish Finished the game with Nate Sudfeld. Oh, who, sure, he wasn't coming back in the game. No, that's yeah. what I'm saying. But yeah. that could be the case. It could be yeah. as simple as that. As you know what, maybe you just get some rest, and we'll see what happens with the game between the Bears and the Vikings, and it'll be out there. So Minnesota has a first down, first intense situation, flag on the field, play going on. It was a pass to Cook over the middle, waiting to see what the result of the play here because Cook dropped the ball. Looks like it was going to be a apparent fumble. Ball goes out of bounds, so we're waiting to see what the flag is on this play. So we're under two minutes to go there. Matt Nagy on the sidelines yelling at the referees, but nonetheless, Minnesota has the ball. Again, still down 24-10. to 10. So, again, if the Eagles win, or I'm sorry, the Eagles have won, so if Minnesota loses to Chicago, the Bears hold on for the victory. The Eagles will be in the playoffs as the sixth seed, and they will go to play Chicago at Soldier Field next weekend. Date, time, all that stuff to be determined. 
So there's the box score of what's going on in the game right now. So the right. Bears give them credit, though, again, with at this point, nothing to play for, still being able to go out there and take care of business on the road to try to get a division rival out of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, listen, they, they are playing to the end. They know they have to play next weekend, um, so they're not going to get the bye week. So, you know, something to be said about a team keeping uh, some momentum going, keeping the rhythm going, and this defense has played so well today in Minnesota. They he, Matt Nagy certainly doesn't want to rob them of a victory because they have basically shut down this Vikings offense. So you want to sort of reward your, your defensive players for coming out and giving you a nice day's work and try to hold on to this victory. So I like the fact that he's kept Mitchell Trubisky in. He's kept Jordan Howard in. He's kept Tariq Cohen in. They've been able to keep the ball, run the ball, run some of this clock off, uh, even going for it on fourth down. So yep. they're, they're out there actually trying to win the game and put the Vikings away. So um, hats off to Chicago. I and mean, we know teams that have not done this in the past. And there are coaches out there that will tell you, you know, you got to take care of your own business. It's not my job to do your job for you, to do your work for you. So, um, But I love the fact that the Bears had something to play for. And even with the score out of hand out there in uh, L.A., they stuck with the uh, the guys out there and try to finish this game also. So that, it looks like they're going to get a W. Certainly. That, that's interesting because you wonder what would the Bears have done if they had nothing to play for. And this goes back to the Eagles knocking off the Rams a couple weeks ago to bring the Rams back to the pack to make it so that they that nothing was set in stone for them getting right. that first round by. So obviously the Eagles had to run the table in order to have a chance to make the playoffs, but that win over the Rams kind of forced it so that they would have to play down the stretch and that the Bears would have some hope here in Week 17 at a possible first-round bye if the Rams, you know, didn't get the job done against San Francisco. Yeah, I think, and listen, I'm speaking obviously without, without even, even knowing, but I, I would think Matt Nagy would have at least started his guys. How long I'm they sure. would have played, I don't know how long they would have played, but I think he would have started some of his guys and, and kept them out there. Mitchell Trubisky is still a young guy. You know, he doesn't have this – uh, on switch where he knows what it's like to be in the postseason and all of a sudden he's going to flip that switch on next week and all of a sudden play his best game. So it was really it worked out for them. It was good for them that they were in a sort of a pressure tense situation and had to come out and play well today and they were able to rise to the occasion. Um, had, had, had the Rams already had it locked up and the Bears knew that they were going to play next week, don't think they would have played four quarters. Um, we don't know. That's quite quite thing, frankly, so. who wants to see the Eagles right now? No, that's the thing. <laughs> I mean, and, and Matt Nagy know. might be looking down there and be like, you know what? Right. I don't want to see these guys. You can see now Kirk Cousins scrambling, throws off his back foot. The pass is complete. Let's see. So the reception is going to get them to Stephon Diggs to about the Bears 34, 33 yard line. We're looking at 143. Again, the Vikings out of timeouts, still down two, two scores, 24 to 10. So Kirk Cousins in hurry-up mode in shotgun, trying to get the Vikings to get a score, and again, they'll have to go for the onside kick. So, uh, Wilson might as well, and he spikes the ball here on first down, flag on the field, so the referee's coming out to make the call. So, as we, we wait for the results here, in terms of the Eagles' offensive performance, I like that when things weren't going good for early for Nick Foles. He had the interception where he sailed the ball over the uh -huh. middle field in the high red zone area. It, it seemed like Doug Peterson said, we need to settle him down and just get the run game going, okay? And yeah, Wend stuck with Wendell Smallwood, I thought, ran extremely hard today. I will say, you know, between he and Darren Sproles have really ignited the run game. 
Okay, you know, last week, tough sledding against Houston, but today they really set the tone, those two, and then Josh Adams with some key runs there in the second half to help finish things off. But I really thought they did a good job of settling things down for Nick Foles, and then Nick Foles, as you mentioned, got into a rhythm and completed not 10 passes in a row, not 20 passes in a row, but ties the NFL record with 25 consecutive completions. <laughs> and really, the 20, he should have had the 26 because it's a rollout to, out to uh, Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. Balls, the ball's at the goal line, and the ball was a little bit behind Aguilar. He wasn't able to pick it up there. On the very next play, he hits Aguilar for the touchdown to you know, start what could have been a new streak right there, but yeah. still should have had the record at 26, but still ties it at 25. Just a very efficient performance and a great job by Nick Foles. And these aren't all dink and dunk passes. There were some nice passes to the sideline, contested catch by Alshon Jeffrey, enough tough pass down the middle to Alshon Jeffrey later on in that streak. So it wasn't like he was just, you know, taking short passes and taking what the defense gives him. I thought he did a great job of that, but some tough throws in there as well to keep the streak going. Because Foles maybe has an idea that he's completing all these passes in a row, but he can't know that the record is almost at stake here. So as just a quick update from the Minnesota game. Cousins throws the ball out of the back of the end zone. We are now at 17 seconds left. It is a – we're waiting for the down-distance situation to come up, but still – That's a uh, ball game. But that's a turnover. That was fourth down. Nice. That's fourth down, baby. <laughs> we back in. I'm seeing the first and ten there. We're Not sure in. what's going on. We're back in. See? So – Look at that. Eagles are in the playoffs, baby. They are the wild card team. Minnesota not able to get it done. So, U.S. Bank Stadium, a magical place yeah. for Philadelphia this year. And maybe with, with this result now in the books, maybe we have to say this. Washington helps the Eagles out twice today. First, laying down, losing by a score of 24 to nothing. Helping the Eagles in that standpoint. Second aspect, Washington maybe knew what it had in Kirk Cousins. Allowed him to leave in free agency <laughs> to Minnesota. And Minnesota not able to get it done. So it is ball game there. Eagles are back and the defending champs are in the tournament. 24-10. Yeah. to The Bears have defeated the Minnesota Vikings there. So Matt Nagy walking on the field to shake Mike Zimmer's hand. And it'll be the matchup of the former Chiefs offensive coordinators. Yeah. Okay. And Doug Pierce and Matt Nagy. Um, they... They cut their teeth in Philadelphia as young assistant coaches uh, back in, like, 2009, 2010. Nagy was a training camp assistant coach. You know, uh, Pearson at the time was an offensive quality control. And now they're both head coaches leading their respective teams into the postseason. And, you know, we'll find out shortly, I'm sure, the exact uh, dates and times, unless I'm sure the league probably has a good sense of when they're going to put this. But... That's got to be prime time, Eagles-Bears. I'm sorry, you got two major markets, the defending oh, Super yeah. Bowl champions, Rhett, one of the highest teams in the league, a fun Bears team that has lit up in Nagy's first year as a head coach. To me, that scream, that's got to be prime time in the wild card round. Yeah, I, I'd be surprised if it's not Saturday evening. You know, uh, Cowboys, Seahawks, they probably want that Sunday afternoon, um, I'm sure. 4 o'clock game. Of course. Yeah, that old America's team nonsense. <laughs> 
Yeah, everybody likes to watch the Cowboys. So, yeah, I, I could see that matchup being Sunday and the Eagles possibly being Saturday, whether it's the first game Saturday or the second game Saturday. Like you said, two major markets, two major cities, two crazy sports towns, two football be, towns. This is two a fun football. week. Yeah, talking about New Year. This is a great matchup, too, when you're talking about two football crazy cities, when you're talking about Chicago and Philadelphia. There's obviously the Fog Bowl history. So we'll be reliving a lot of that, I'm sure. And there's also there's also the memory of the – You played um, against them. Yeah, I, I actually didn't get a chance to play in that game, unfortunately. I was injured in the last game at Soldier Field where the uh, Eagles went out there. We went out there and beat them in the uh, divisional round to play the Rams in the championship game in 2002, I believe it was. 2001 season. Yeah, the yep. 2001 season. So um, – yeah, some, some some playoff history here between Philadelphia and Chicago. So it should be a great matchup. Uh, great defense in Chicago. You know what you're getting there. Um, we The great thing is that Doug is going to be familiar with this offense. So that's also an advantage. Uh, you got the Alshon Jeffrey Chicago Bears sort of link there. Love you got that. The, you got the Trey, Bur- Trey Burton Philadelphia Eagles. Trey Burton was part of Philly special in the Super Bowl. So it's a great matchup between two great football teams. And the Eagles are playing great football right now. And like you said, the biggest question right now is going to be who's going to be lining up under center. And we can't wait to hear Doug step to the podium. And obviously, they're in the locker room celebrating right now. We cannot wait yes. to see those videos. This yes. could be great. So I'm sure. I'm sure they're in the locker room. And, uh, Popping, uh, well, they don't pop champagne like they do in baseball. They pop no. champagne for everything in baseball. Exactly. So yeah. I don't know. Football's a little yet, different. So. Yeah, it's a little different in football. You yeah. got to actually win the championship game. Now, okay, so we have some Conference tweets coming up for you here. Let me go put them on the screen, flight them out here. So Jalen Mills watching from home said, uh oh, birds are in the playoffs. Yes, indeed. So the Green Goblin watching from afar. And look, look at that. Look at that. Eagles. Look at that. Social media crew on yeah, top of it. On top we of it. Want more. Absolutely love it right there. It, look at wait, what's at the back of that picture there? You got the ski mask. Okay. Yeah. So Rasul Douglas got the ski mask, okay, with that first play of the game. I think the Eagles as a team got the ski mask out, taking that last <laughs> playoff spot. Listen, when you get a shutout, everybody on defense Ooh, gets a ski They deserve mask. it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's hard, it's hard it. to get a donut. Uh, in this in this league, in an offensive-driven league where teams are scoring points in bunches and to hold a team without even a field goal, a field goal attempt. Yeah. Uh, great defense from this uh, from this Eagles game. I, mean, I don't know if I have the final, but this is pretty much what I have here for Washington's offense. Interception, punt, 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 turnover and downs at the end of the half. Second half, punt, punt, turnover and downs. We was another turnover and downs, and it was however they finished the game. I, you, <laughs> right. you, can't, you can't ask for anything yeah. – more than that. And again, this shows what a tremendous job that Doug Pearson has done himself. Okay, because you go back to the Saints game. You go to the Saints game, okay, they get they lose 48 to 7. One of the worst losses in franchise history. Everyone thinks, you know what, the ship has sailed. The team is done. The following week, they fell behind to the Giants 19 to 3 in the first half. That team rallied to get the win from Jake Elliott, and it goes on the spin here at the end of the season to turn things around to get themselves not just in playoff position, but into the playoffs. He relied on his veteran leaders up and down the board. You look at the guys on offense from Nick Foles to Alshon Jeffrey to Jason Peters to Darren Sproles. You go to the guys on defense, Chris Long, Fletcher Cox, Malcolm Jenkins. We can go on and on. Those are the guys that help make it happen, but credit 
Doug Peterson for saying that when he came back from the game in New Orleans, he knew that this team would have fight in it, that this team would not give up, and would at least put out its best effort to try to make a run at the end of the season. And whatever happens, happens, okay? At that point, you may figure it might be too little, too late, but this team was not going to lay down and absolutely quit. This team fought, and guess what we have here is a team that is back in the playoffs for this, this is crazy to think about. The team, the Eagles have not made back-to-back playoff appearances since we got to go back to 2010 when Michael Vick had the, uh, the miracle at the Meadowlands, sure. number three, and the Eagles won the division that season. And there was the, that Joe Webb game at the end of this, that season, and they lose in the first round to the Green Bay Packers in the wildcard round. That was the last time there were consecutive playoff appearances. They made it from 08 to 2010. And speaking of 2008, Ike, I'm sure you probably remember the last day of that regular season, 10 years ago, it was the 44-6 game yeah. at Lincoln Financial Field, and it was the last game for a lot of the teammates that you battled with through those glory years, the golden days with Andy Reid, guys like Dawkins and, and uh, John Runyon and Trey Thomas, Buckhalter. The last hurrah. That was the last hurrah. Jim, yeah. Jim Johnson. Yeah. Okay, it was the last hurrah for those guys where they needed – you know, all these things that happened on the last day of the regular season to set up that Eagles-Cowboys game having playoff implications. And what did the Eagles do? They went out and just demolished Dallas 44-6. to So the 10-year anniversary was earlier this week. And if you haven't had a chance to read the oral history by our own Graham Foley, it, it, it's a fun read. The anecdotes from Merrill Reese to start and end the story, absolutely phenomenal. So make sure we have that on PhiladelphiaEagles.com and the app. So as you're celebrating and checking out all of our coverage here this evening, make sure to check that out as well. So again, we're going to hear from head coach Doug Pearson in a little bit. We're going to have some film breakdown with Fran Duffy and Greg Cosell as now we are looking beyond week 17. The season ain't over for the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles have made it into the wild card round of the playoffs as the sixth seed. And again, they will take on the Chicago Bears. So now we start talking about what has changed for the Eagles in the last month of the season? Let's start, we'll go to defense with pitching the shutout for the first time since they beat the Giants in 2014. Big thing right there is the way the line has played. Okay, yeah. They've had some key injuries there. Tim Jurgen has been hurt for most of the season. Uh, they lost Derek Barnett, which at the time I don't think it was you know, truly realized how important, how impactful that would be just from the rotation standpoint because you've pretty much been relying on guys like Brandon Graham, and Chris Long and Michael Bennett, who outstanding players, but they are up there in terms of their years and experience and age, okay? It's, it's you're asking a lot out of them. Fletcher Cox, he's been a one-man wrecking crew in the middle of that line. Great to have Jernigan back in the mix here. So to me, that defensive line has been the heart and the soul. You can argue the heart and soul of this football team. And the last couple of games, getting the win in L.A., dominating Houston a week ago, and in here today, not giving – Washington a chance to get in this football game has really turned things around and powered this entire team to this playoff run. Yeah, I mean, you can really look back to that Dallas Cowboy game where that Dallas Cowboy team basically manhandled this defense all game. I mean, when you look at the time of possession that Dallas was able to hold the football, I mean, the length of some of those drives, I think they really wore down this defense. We know what the overtime uh, uh, series was like where Dallas basically had the ball for the entire quarter or that, that entire overtime. I think they really looked themselves in the mirror after that game and said, never, never again. And really since that game, they played with a different level 
more of energy. They've taken the ball away uh, from opposing teams, quarterbacks, the offenses. And more importantly, I know it didn't really have to show itself today because they basically shut out the Redskins and they were never threatened. But when I look at that Rams game and that Houston Texans game, this defense had to come up with big plays late in the game, and they were able to do it. And that's how this team was able to win these games. I mean, this defense was able to come up with plays, and I think that's helped them on this three-game winning streak. And we obviously know that the offense uh, had a, uh, did, did a turnabout face um, with the way they played the last three weeks. Certainly. Some more tweets coming on social media. Let's get to one of those right now. And this one, Kamu Grugier-Hill, special teams captain, playoffs, all right? Playoffs right there. So I, I don't want to get in my Jim Moore voice. Playoffs. Right? Thank you, right there. Playoffs. Thank you, Ike. Yeah. Take it right there. And uh, look at this here. This is courtesy of the Chicago Bears, okay? Look at it just this time because a week from now. Yeah. Look at the, the Hunger Games right yes, there. Sir. Yes, sir. Get the Hunger Games going right there in the video. So just this time, because a week from now. Tip of the cap, Chicago. Hey, we, we thank the Windy City. Tip of the All cap. Right? Tip of the cap, Chicago. You know, very much so. And here's from the Eagles. This is some of the celebration. This was, now this is coming off the field. That's Michael Bent was a dancing fool on yeah. the field, dancing for the fans. How about the fans turning out down there? Oh, we shouldn't that. be surprised. yeah. yeah. At this you point. Especially with those Redskins fans who haven't been coming to games all year. Of course. <laughs> so, yeah, we knew tickets would be available. And look at the, from the NFL's official count, the Eagles are heading back to the NFL playoffs there. Yes, Playoff berth clinched right there. So, And you know who I'm happy for? I'm happy for Jason Peters. Great point. Oh, oh first, wait, first we're going to go to Field. Head coach Doug Peterson addressing the media. Take it now. It's, um, um, it's exciting. You know, it's uh, – a lot of hard work, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of hard work that just paid off. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's what we set out to do, uh, obviously. Um, you know, we did, we obviously, this, this journey, we didn't meet a lot of our goals, but one of them is to get into the postseason, and uh, uh, we were able to do that, and so we're excited for that. Doug, do you have an update on Nick? I do not. No update? Not yet, no. Doug, describe the way this team played the second half of the season compared to the first half of the season, and how that put you Yeah, you know, it, again, it's, uh, you know, 16 games, it's a, it's a journey. It's a long it's a long season. We try to take them one at a time. And this team obviously went through a lot of adversity early in the year. Uh, we were without some of our starters first part of the year. And then, you know, uh, injuries began to pile up on us. But, you know, this team really uh, hung together. I credit the leadership of the team, the coaches, uh, just keeping the guys focused on one game at a time. And um, this last half, things began to kind of click for us. And, um, you know, the, the, the guys just – it just got better as each each week came, and and um, you know uh, to do what we've done here this last month, month and a half is uh, credit to the guys. So describe that moment when the clock was in the Bears lightning game, and what did you tell the team right after that? Yeah, I mean it was a lot of a uh, lot of excitement, a lot of jubilation in the uh, in the locker room, and and just just told the guys congratulations. We're in the postseason, and uh, um, you know it's what, what again it's what we I told them exactly. You know what I mentioned earlier. You know we set out to, to, to get yourself into the tournament. They've done that, and um, you know we just got another opportunity next week. You mentioned about um, achieving a lot of the goals that you set forth. Um, how does it feel, kind of, to not have the season that you wanted to, but to kind of get a clean slate? I mean, you know, it's obviously uh, you can look back on it and, and do a lot of what ifs, but you know, bottom line is we, we gave ourselves an opportunity. Uh, we had to win this game tonight. Uh, the guys, uh, you know, played a dominating performance and, and, and took care of our end. And, um, you know, we're just excited to, to, to continue our season. Is there something to be said for playing your best football at this point in the season? I, I think so. Um, 
you know, I, I think you, you, you start the year trying to figure yourself out just a little bit, trying to see who you are, what your identity is going to be. And, um, you know, and then, then on top of that, we, we threw in a bunch of injuries. So we were playing with a bunch of new guys, new faces. And um, I think this team is, is playing uh, better this time of year. Um, and, and uh, you know, we just, uh, we're, we're just fortunate and happy to, to be playing one more week. Just a swarming defense tonight. I thought they uh, really got after uh, you know the quarterback. Um, they controlled the line of scrimmage, shut the run down, which is something we talk about all the time. And you know, um, anytime you can put pressure on a quarterback and just make him uh, you know throw from different spots or not in rhythm, uh, gives yourself a chance. And then defense just uh, just played fast and, and really swarmed around tonight. Can you, Nick tied a league record for 25 straight completions during the game. He looked very very settled. I'm assuming he's well. He's going into well, yeah, I mean, you know, it, you got to understand that he started the first two games of the year and he played all the preseason. So he, he's, he's, he's had a lot more time out on the field this year than he did last year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're comfortable, but uh, at the same time, we can continue to get better. And um, you know, I'm happy for Nick, obviously, uh, for, for that uh, uh, completion, you know, tying it. Um, it's credit to him, but um, you know we'll uh, we'll get ready to play next week. Can you speak to uh, your confidence in Nate Sudfeld and kind of what he showed you on, on that scoring drive? Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked right before that drive and just told him, you know, we we're gonna we we're gonna start settling him in with a couple of runs, and then he mentioned uh, to me about you know trying to move the pocket, and, and that's what what it was on the touchdown pass to, to Nelson, and um, he did a nice job. He came in there, he was poised. Um, you know, he was excited to get in the game and and did some did some nice stuff. Were you guys scoreboard watching during the game? The fans, you could see the fans. I, I know the fans were, and and you, from time to time, I think it was on the the the, the score was up. But um, quite frankly, I was I was locked into the game, but uh, I can't say everybody was. I'll find out more once I talk to the medical team. Yeah. Darren's uh, Dan, he's a true professional. Uh, he's a leader in that room, a veteran player. Um, it's exciting to see him out there and doing the things he's capable of doing and helping our team. And um, he's just done some really nice, some nice stuff. And, and, I'm, and I'm excited and happy for him. Uh, one, now he gets to uh, experience the postseason. Um, he missed it last year, obviously, and, and uh, I'm happy for him. You know, I just um, – we just kept staying the course. We had to just continue to trust the process, you know, the, our, our process in Philadelphia. And, and that's that's come to work every day and, and roll up your sleeves and, and get better. Just get 1% better each day. And um, the guys did that. You know, I, I entrusted our leadership of the team, the veteran players, and uh, they, they responded and, and responded well the second half of the year. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, head coach Doug Pearson saying that there's no update at this point on Nick Foles. So, you know, you mentioned this. It might have actually been off camera. It's a good thing that Carson Wentz wasn't put on injured reserve just in case to leave yeah. that possibility out there where if he needs to come in to play next weekend. But, again, no update at this time. We don't know if it was just precautionary. Just Coach Pearson does not have any update to tell us at this point. So I don't know if we're going to hear from uh, quarterback Nick Foles here uh, but you were making a great point before we went into Doug's press conference that 
this is extra special for the guys who missed the Super Bowl run a year ago and some guys who came back this year just to have a taste a crack of the it. postseason now are rewarded for it. Yeah, they really are. So, yeah, you got to be happy for guys like Jason Peters who's going to get his first opportunity to play in the postseason. Well, it's not his first. No, he was 2010. He was here with us then. I forgot about 2010. that. Yes. I forgot so how long he's been it's here. Been, it's, he's been here for a while. So, <laughs> yes. yes. He has been here for a while. But so still, yeah, but not, not, you know, not mm-hmm. a long, long chance. Still though, been a long still. time since he's had the opportunity to play. So he's going to get a chance to play. Sproles is going to get a chance to play. Uh, he didn't get a chance to play last no. year in the postseason here. So Jordan Hicks. Healthy as well. Great for him. Going to get a chance to play in his first postseason action. And then guys that came over here looking to, to join the Super Bowl uh, defending champs. Guys like Michael Bennett who came here, who's already a champion, yep. but was excited about it, joining the Eagles. Haloti Nada, who came here, who was excited about joining the Eagles. Mike Wallace, who came Great off point. of IR. He may get the opportunity to play this week. This, who is, this knows? is what you brought him up for. This is for what you this brought moment. him for, right? So yeah, he's going to get the opportunity. Golden Tate who you traded for. A lot of people thought, eh, well, that was a wasted pick. You know, wasted third-round pick for Golden Tate. Well, wouldn't be wasted if you got into the postseason. So now he's going to get a chance to play in the postseason and and show his worth as well. So you got to be excited for some guys that are going to get a chance to play with the Eagles this week uh, and in their postseason action with the midnight green on. So um, it's it's um, for a lot of guys that weren't a part of that run last year, it's great to see them actually get a chance to get into the playoffs and defend their run. Not used to seeing it, man. Only the Patriots typically get back in the playoffs after they win the Super Bowl. A lot of teams yeah. struggle that following year. And we saw the Eagles not being as good as they were last year, but able to pull it together late in the season. And some things fell their way that they were able to get in. I look back on this season, right, and I don't view the Eagles uh, backing their way uh, into the playoffs, right? They had to win five out of their last six, some tough games, and then they lost some tough games. I mean, they lost some tough games. You think about the games they lost earlier in the year. Other than the Saints game, these are one-score games that could have gone either well, way. Well, they dominate for the yeah. most part. Exactly. That's the thing. Exactly, which makes them hurt even more when you realize that that's a team you should have beaten. And to see them get in, I'm glad we can put all of that behind us. Sure, we won't have a home playoff game. That won't matter. Each championship run has this different story that needs to be told. This is a different path, and maybe this is just the path they're going to have to take for this uh, championship to come to fruition. And what hasn't been what a back-to-back champion since the Patriots since did the it. Patriots did, yep. did it uh, what 14 years ago almost? Yeah, Indeed. 14. So one thing to talk about here is you have the experience where you know Chicago's going into this game and it's Matt Nagy's first time as a head coach. It's gonna be Mitchell Trubisky, the quarterback's his first playoff game. Go, let's go in the time machine a little bit here. 2000. Okay, mm-hmm. Donovan McNabb, second season. You're here, anchor on special teams for the Eagles. What was it like getting ready for? That first playoff run, which, you know, you guys got the win over the Bucks in a wild sure. card round before losing to the Giants, but getting ready for that first playoff run with Donovan. Oh, it was super exciting. You know, we're talking about a team that for two straight years 
had struggled to find ways to win football games. First year I was here in 98, we won three games. And then in 99, in Andy's first year, we only won five games, but we felt like at the end of the year we were playing much better football. And so we were able to carry that in to the following season. And so it was so unexpected that we made the playoffs that year. And to, to uh, have a playoff game at home was even more uh, unexpected. And so to, to get the Buccaneers here in our, in our stadium on a Saturday night, man, I can remember leading up to that game how exciting we were as a young group, right? Just a young group were really no real expectations, no, no, no expectations from the outside. Just a team going up against the Bucks, who had just played in the conference championship game the year before. So really, we looked at them as still a measuring stick. Like if we can beat the Bucks, you know, we, we've arrived. So, you know, I just remember that night how cold it was and how great the defense was that night. Hugh Douglas, Jeremiah Trotter, I can still, I can still hear that crowd uh, roaring when you got that big sack on Sean King that really changed the momentum in that game. So uh, it was it was huge for us. It, it really, we almost spent all of our all of our energy and everything else in that game because really? we didn't we didn't have a whole lot left to go up against the Giants the next week. Well, Gi the Giants just seemed to have the number at that <laughs> yes. at that, at that point. The Giants for the had third your time. number. Yeah, but still, nonetheless, though, being able to get that win. I remember it was New Year's Eve yeah, New night, Year's and Eve. Yeah. The, the vet was rocking that night. Yep. So, so you get that the taste of the playoffs. The next season, two thousand one, and this is kind of like this year's Eagles team, where you know this Eagles team is battle tested. They've won the Super Bowl. Okay, you mentioned the guys like Peters and Hicks and Sproles who weren't a part of last year's run, but. There are a number of guys who were instrumental in winning the yeah. Super Bowl who are going to be playing next weekend against the Chicago Bears. So what was it like going into that playoff run, which if you remember, Donovan went to Chicago, his hometown, knocked off the Bears there before getting you guys to the conference championship game for the first time, which started that streak of four consecutive appearances. I tell you, we were, we were a young team that was excited to get into the playoffs to show just how good we were as a team. And it started with the first game of the season. We lost to the Rams, I believe, the opening game of the year that year. And we lost to them in overtime, maybe 20 to 17. But because of how good they were as a team and how much they were respected, we saw how well we played against that team. We felt like we were we, we could beat anybody. So once we got in the playoffs that year, even though we were like the three seed and the Bears and the Rams had the bye week, we knew going to Chicago, going to Chicago, that we were the better team. We felt like our defense was just as good, if not better, than their defense. And so uh, after we demolished the, the, the Bucks in that, that opening game, it was really all about going to Chicago and showing them who had the best defense. And that was McNabb's uh, return to Chicago, yep. where he's from. So that certainly was a big game for him, the last game at Soldier Field. I remember feeling very confident in the, in the squad going into that game. I didn't even play. I'm on the sideline. I'm injured in that game. But I just remember the guys felt so confident going into that game. And Hugh Douglas got that big sack on Jim Miller. I mean, the, uh, the, um, the, the block right. on Jim Miller after the interception that knocked Jim Miller out of the game, separated his shoulder. It was over from there. And then what did he call him after the game? Call him Shane Miller, combined the two <laughs> names of the, of the Bears Shane corner. Matthews, yeah, yeah. yeah, Jim Miller. And I tell you, I still believe, man, had we had a healthy Troy Vincent, Going into that championship game, I still believe we would have beat the Rams, man. Like, Troy pulled his groin in that Bears game. Yeah. And he tried to play the following week, but he, he, couldn't, right. he couldn't finish the game. 
you know, Buck got hurt on offense in that game. We felt like we were just as good as that Rams team, man. And you were toe to toe with them for yeah, most of the man, game, too. Yeah, we felt well, we had a chance all the way up yeah. to the final drive, right? So, you know, we felt good. We that, that was a young team that we knew. That was a young team that knew how good it was. And we were just scratching the surface. And because of where we started from, a team, a lot of those players were on that Ray Rhodes team that finished 3-13. and 13. So we felt like a team that sort of started from the bottom and scraped our way out of there like to be one of those better teams in the NFC. So um, that second year, man, we knew. We knew. And then our, our mantra was, after losing to the Rams, was just get the championship game at home. And that, that was our whole thought process that offseason was make sure we're the number one seed so that we can uh, host the NFC championship you, game. You bring a very interesting point where when you have your homegrown players who have been there since the beginning that kind of take you through the entire yeah. process. Here in Philadelphia, you have a lot of the guys who have set the tone, established the culture to get the team to its winning ways now. But when you bring in new players, whether it's rookies like Dallas Goddard and Avante Maddox, or whether it's the veterans, guys like Michael Bennett, who you mentioned earlier, you have to wonder, are they going to be able to hold their end of the bargain? Because they may say, I'm coming into a locker I'm coming to the team that just won the world championship, right. okay? I'm on easy street here. I don't have to do my part. You have to realize that in order for the Eagles to stay at that level, you've got to be able to continue the winning ways. You've got to be able to continue to play at that high level of performance, okay? You really do because the standard has been set. The standard Championship set. standard. Exactly. Yeah. And, then, and then you have the struggles early in the season where guys might start questioning, is this the way it's really going to be? And so all of a sudden at that point, you have to say, who's going to rise up to the challenge? Who's going to be able to say to ourselves, this is not the way the Philadelphia Eagles should be playing on a week-in and week-out basis. It just took some extra time, but you felt that within the locker room, those players continued to believe in one another, even though the results weren't showing up on the scoreboard and in the win-loss record. Okay, After the game in New Orleans, everything seemed to turn from there, and the Eagles were able to find their footing. And you have like little anecdotes, like you go into the Eagles locker room, and there's the shrine in Chris Long's locker to Nick Foles. It's just little, it's little things like that that make you realize how together this team is. I mean, that, that's, an, that's not like a defensive player doing something just with the defense, you know, or an offensive player doing something. That, that's something that's representative of the whole team, realizing that the whole team has to get behind Nick Foles. Right. Okay? Obviously, Nick Foles led the Eagles to the Super Bowl a year ago, but this was supposed to be Carson's year, and unfortunately, Carson's not out there. So let's rally behind Nick and try to make something of the rest of this season. Okay? You have the defensive players with the ski mask. Okay? Right. You see how much fun that they're having. That, that was something that was lost from last year's team was the fun that you saw them having out there on the field. And over the last month, and, and sure, it comes with winning, but at least they were seeing the effort they put in during the week in practice finally showing up and representing itself on game days and in the scoreboard and to give themselves a chance because a lot of teams could have packed it in. You look all around the league. There are a lot of teams that played 1 o'clock games earlier today that were of similar records to the Eagles a couple of weeks ago, but for one reason or another just fell off, whether it was coaching, whether it was the chemistry in the locker room, whether it was the heart, whatever you want to have it, they just packed it in and said, you know what, we're going to collect our checks for these last couple of weeks and just when the season's over, we, you know, we can start playing our vacations. Not the Eagles, okay? They rallied to make something of the last month of this season, and they were rewarded for it today with a trip to the postseason where they will play Chicago. Hey, Bears, thank you very much for knocking off the Minnesota Vikings. Again, the, Vi the Eagles put themselves in a position where they had to scoreboard watch. They were not in control of their own destiny. Well, 
Thanks to Chicago being Minnesota, the Eagles shutting out Washington. The Eagles are back in the playoffs once again for a second straight season. Well, they'll have a chance to defend their Super Bowl championship. So getting back to the win here today, Ike, let's get into your three takeaways, starting with number nine, <laughs> tying the NFL consecutive completions record with 25. Yeah, Nick Foles just awesome again today. I thought Nick Foles did a great job. Really, the offense wasn't about going down the field as much early. Washington sort of had a defense where they wanted to keep their safeties back a little deeper, keep that ball, that deep ball off of them, force Nick to throw things underneath. And typical Nick Foles takes what the defense gives you, gets the ball out of his hands, allows his playmakers to make plays with the ball in their hands. And that's what you saw in the first half. Didn't lead to a ton of points, but it led, it led to sustained drives. It led to picking up first downs. It led to keeping that Redskins offense on the sideline. And this game wasn't going to take a bunch of points in order for you to win it. This was more or less, let's just dominate this ball, uh, ball a time of possession and put points on the board when the opportunities are there. Nick Foles did that. You look at his numbers there. They aren't eye-popping like they were last week with the exception of his completion percentage. The, high, the completion percentage, yeah, eight, completion almost 85% percentage. is yeah, eye-popping. Uh, yes. 220 yards. But the rest of it, yes, yes, I agree. I get what you're saying. And that's, and that's the type of thing Nick Foles will do as a quarterback. He'll do what's needed of him to do. And I thought he operated this offense with great efficiency today. And then the defense. Anytime you get a shutout defensively, I mean, man, that is hard to do in today's NFL. I mean, where do you start at? You can start at the, uh, up front with the D-line, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Michael Bennett, all over the place today. You look at the linebackers, Nigel Bradham making plays, and then the young secondary making plays. Rasul Douglas starting the game off with an interception. Um, I just thought Josh Johnson, this is one of those games as deep as you say, we're coming out to eat today, right? Like we're gonna try to <laughs> we're gonna try to get see if we can get us some stats, right? some extra sacks. I know he's gonna throw the ball up to us a few times, so some interceptions. Things all right. that nature. We're going to send it to FedEx Field. Nick Foles addressing the media. Great news there. How are you? I'm sore, so I'm sore. We're going to continue to figure out what's going on. Uh, we're going to find out more about what's going on in the morning. So. Um, I mean, ribs area. So, I mean, like, like I said, I don't really have a lot of information right now. So, tomorrow will be a big day. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's been, a, like I said, it's been a crazy year. Um, it was really special as we were waiting for the other game to finish after we had taken care of business on the field. Um, you know, it's, it's super exciting. I mean, anytime you're, you're blessed to be able to play in the playoffs and especially the road we've had these last several weeks, I mean, it hasn't been an easy ride. And, uh, you know, we got some help today. And, uh, I mean, it's really special. We get to keep playing. We get to wear the Eagles jersey one more time. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm really excited. The locker room's super excited. And, you know, it'll be hard to sleep tonight. Can you talk about the resiliency of this team uh, in the spot that you guys were in a couple weeks ago? Yeah, I think the big thing I've talked about is, you know, there was never a, a quitting attitude. I mean, though we might not have been winning all the games we wanted to, um, guys never gave up, um, never wavered. We just kept working. <laughs> kept believing, um, kept communicating with one another. And it, it, sometimes it just takes time. You know, we talk about adversity, going through adversity. Um, and, you know, it just shows that if you stick together, you lean on one another, you can do great things. So we got to keep doing that. Was adversity surprising, you know, at all? That you 
Uh, I mean, nothing surprises me playing football. Um, you go through so many emotions. Uh, you get to see so many different things. I mean, you have so many different people coming together from different backgrounds to, you know, achieve a common goal. Um, you, the key is, you know, how do you come together and face adversity with one another? And we've experienced that. But the beautiful thing about the Eagles is, you know, we're able to bring everyone together and be on the same page to, you know, really attack the adversity. When, when we see adversity, we know what's going on. And then that's where we really lean on each other and keep going. You tied an NFL record with 25 straight completions at one point in this game. What kind of role were you on? What were you feeling like? I mean, I honestly had no idea that I had completed that many in a row. And, like, I, I was just playing, like I say, playing the play. And then, uh, you know, later found out the one that I, I missed on was the one I double clutched and just threw a horrible pass. Um, but we scored the next play, um, so it wasn't meant to be. Um, but I, I don't know. I was just in the zone, you know, started out early, you know, early pick, uh, bad decision, ball got away. That's on me. Um, but that, that's adversity that we talk about. And, you know, we, we just kept getting, kept sticking together, kept communicating on the sidelines. And, you know, ultimately we were able to put together a lot of great drives, a lot of long drives that, you know, anytime you can hold the ball, keep marching, convert on third downs, convert on fourth down, um, that's big for our team and our rhythm. Speaking of which, Uh, I don't know. That was a long one. That was a really long one. And, you know, I, it's, it's not easy to do. Um, you know, the guys did a great job executing the plays. We kept, you know, staying inside the chains. Uh, there wasn't a lot of huge plays on, on that drive, but we were able to execute when we needed to and ultimately allowed our defense to just rest and then, you know, go down and score. Describe the crowd because we could hear yeah. them chanting every time the Bears score came up. Like, it was, felt like a whole game out there. I mean, the Eagles fans are unbelievable. Um, I've said it before. I know we're not at the link, but playing at the link, running out of the link is, there's nothing like it. And then, you know, you make the link, you make this the link today. Um, they were out there. They were loud. Um, the support, I mean, the whole stadium was green. Um, and that's always huge. Um, it'll, be, it'll be big this week coming up. Um, the, our, our fans give us such amazing support, and, you know, we love it. During this game, this game when you were on the field, how aware were you? I wasn't really paying attention. I, I mean, I know they kept popping up, but I looked away. I, I didn't want to know. I didn't want to affect my, you know, what was going on in our game. Um, I really wanted to stay focused on, you know, winning this game. I, you know, I didn't want to let them back in. Um, I thought, you know, the Redskins de defense, you know, that's who I was competing against. They were, they, they did a good job tonight. They were playing, they were playing hard. They were showing different looks. Um, that's a, that's a good defense. Uh, not yet. Um, not right now. I'm just going to sort of live in the moment right now. Um, obviously, they're a great team. Um, I know Coach Nagy. He's one of my favorite people in the world. When they hired him, I knew right away that he was going to be an outstanding hire. Um, and he has been. So once I get to film, study them a little bit more. But I mean, I, I know that, you know, they're one of the best teams in the NFL, so it's going to be a tall task. What's the biggest thing I think the thing that I always admire, um, you know, Doug's in this category, Nagy's in this category, um, Andy Reid, they're, they're genuine. Like, they are who they are. I mean, I went to training camp, you know, signed late to Kansas City, went to get my physical, um, and was dropped off at Nagy's house um, in, I believe, Overland Park because it was his off day, and I had known him from my rookie year. I got to spend time with his family, hang out, and then I drove back with him. And I didn't have a car, so he let me use his car in training camp um, so I could get from place to place, and he just rode with a coach. I mean, that's who he is. And not only, you know, as a person, but as a coach, he's unbelievable. 
Um, so I, I admire him. I'm proud of him. Um, it'll be fun to compete against him. You're a tough guy. What will it take to keep you out of this league? Oh, it, you know, my plan is to get ready to roll. Um, that's my plan. Obviously, we still have to look into a lot of different things tomorrow. But, um, you know, I was, it's unfortunate I couldn't finish the game today. But, you know, I'm ready. You know, I want to get this thing going. I don't want to, you know, I want to wear that jersey you know, one more time and hopefully more. But, you know, all we have guaranteed is, you know, this week. So, um, once again, just staying in the moment and taking care of what I got to take care of now. Yeah, a couple more questions. This team has suffered in the last couple of years. It's called resilience with this football team, especially from a metal standpoint. You just call it all things. Now you're back in the playoffs again. You said from injuries and stuff? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a resilient team. I think it goes from, you know, leadership <laughs> down. I mean, that's what, you know, creates the environment. Um, and when a guy's injured, you see guys – you know, rally around the new guy. And then they're, even the guy who's injured is there supporting. And we've seen that with this team. And that's something that's very special and you don't see everywhere. So um, it's, a, it's a resilient group. Um, like I've said, I, I enjoy every day I get to go to the NovaCare facility and work with every single person in that facility. Um, and I'm excited we were able to earn one more week of it. Nick, what would you take uh, from last year's playoff experience? And what would you try to implement into this year, anything? I think the big thing um, I learned a lot last year, and I talk about just staying in the moment. Um, it's a big stage. I mean, it's the playoffs. We're going to go against one of the best teams in the NFL at their place. Um, it's a big stage. So just staying in the moment, controlling what we can control. You know, not like I said, don't worry about the score. Just play. Um, we have a lot of preparation coming up. So when I when I simplified things like that last year, it helped a lot, and I've learned a lot more since. So. I'm um, gonna, you know, pull on everything I know to get ready this week. Take one more from Bob, and then we're gonna go. If this were a playoff game, could you have finished it? I, I would do everything I can to get back out there. So that's a, it's a, it's a hypothetical question that I'm not gonna answer. But it was, a, it was a very nice try. I, I thought that that's a less, less usually would ask that question, but you know, it was good. But I, you know, you try to. Less, could you ask that? No. <laughs> so, so, what kind of test are you gonna have tomorrow? Can you say? I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to take care of business, get ready. What's the pain level like now? Um, it's sore. It's sore, um, you know. and uh, But I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm optimistic. I feel feel like we'll get this thing situated. And, you know, my goal is to be out there and play. Okay. Thanks, Thank y'all. Foles is a veteran, okay? He, he's been right. asked, look, just at the Super Bowl alone last year, he was asked every question under the sun for, for multiple days, okay? Yeah. So he, he's heard them all before. So the reporters at the end, if you didn't quite get the exchange, they were trying to get him to make that declaration like, will you be out there? Oh, I will definitely be out there 100%. Right. Foles is like, look, I'm optimistic. My plan is to get ready to roll. He's saying all the right things, okay? But he's not going to make the declarative guaranteed I will be out there for my teammates. So bruised ribs, it seems like that's the case right now. Something with the, with the chest area. Uh, yeah. More testing will be done tomorrow morning, Ike. A couple key things with this, right? I mean, it could be a bruised sternum. It could be a rib issue. Uh, this is obviously going to have some type of effect on his throwing motion, right? Still has a lot of the adrenaline going. The game is a couple hours over. Um, excited about the, the opportunity to get in the playoffs. This thing is going to feel a lot different in a few hours. You know, that train ride back up here to Philadelphia, getting through the night, uh, what it feels like tomorrow, and, and then on to practice. They played today. 
We don't know the playoff schedule yet. Somebody is playing Saturday, which means somebody is playing on a short week. And so we don't know uh, when when practice will be and, and what it's going to feel like for him in a couple of days. So, you know, obviously you hope for the best and you, you get some rest and get that thing uh taped up. I was about to say taped yeah. up like it's an ankle. No, you want to get it <laughs> yeah. healed up as best he can so that he can be effective because that's a pretty good Chicago defense coming after you. Very good. Yeah, Chicago you're talking defense. about Khalil Mack coming at Akeem you. You want to make sure. In the middle, yeah, so. you want to make sure that he can move around. Indeed. So again, so Nick Foles addressing me that in and of itself was a very promising sign. Oh, yeah. Okay, if he were severely injured, couldn't you know, couldn't where talk. he couldn't even talk up there or stand up there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that would have been concerning, but the fact that he addressed the reporters there and you know just talked about what it took to get the Eagles here and and Ike, as we get to your final takeaway, a big proponent of getting the Eagles into the postseason after at one point being four and six on the season. Head coach Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson, man, really. And uh, I, I look I look at this team this year, and listen, the head coach is going to get a lot of blame when the team isn't playing well. Well, he should get a lot of the credit when the team turns things around. Round, especially when a team looks like their season is over with when they leave Dallas at four and six, and you don't know what's left. Oh, was that before Dallas? Or after before Dallas? that was New Orleans. New that Orleans was New Orleans game. Yes. Oh my God, that game. I almost forgot they lost that game. That game Probably was so good bad. <laughs> that game was so bad. But Doug, great job getting his guys ready to go today. Really, and in the last month or so. I mean, just. Five out of the last six games, they've managed to walk away victorious. You got to give a lot of credit to the head coach, shuffling in players in, in and out, dealing with an injury at his quarterback position, having to go back to his backup quarterback. I mean, the amount of players on that defensive side of the ball and that secondary that's been shuffled in and out. I mean, finding a way to get the game plan and the offense sort of uh, rejuvenated and going around someone newly uh, added to the uh, personnel and, and Nick Foles at the quarterback position, Golden Tate. Uh, then you throw in Darren Sproles at the running back position, trying to figure out a way, how do you use these three running backs? How long do you stick with a Josh uh, Adams versus giving the ball to Wendell Smallwood like he did today? Wendell Smallwood was the bell cow today in today's game. I thought he ran tough in between the tackles. So when the team doesn't give up on the season, when the team continues to fight and they find new life, to me that credit goes to the head coach. And in the three years that Doug has been here, I'll say it again, it's two games in three years that I don't think the team showed up ready to go. That was in Cincinnati his yep. rookie year and the Saints game this year. And in a league where these players need sort of reinforcement and sometimes you got to you got to kick them in the butt to get them going or they don't even listen to you because they make so much money for a coach to be at his first stop as a head coach and Doug Peterson and to have had his players ready to go for the most part during his three years here then you throw in a Super Bowl title back-to-back postseason bursts I mean Doug Peterson doesn't get enough credit as he deserves as a head coach. Forget about the X's and O's and the play calling. We'll, 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 we'll critique him and judge him on that based on the plays working or not working, as we do as armchair quarterbacks. But you just talk about a team being ready to go, playing for their coach, showing up and giving you a hard day's work. His players typically do that for him in three years. That's the type of effort you get from this team. Not surprised at all. So we talk about the coaching matchup for this wild card playoff game. Doug Pearson, Matt Nagy. We heard Nick Foles talk about his relationship with Nagy during uh, the press conference a few moments ago. You look at the playoff coaches in the NFL, and Ike was talking about this off camera. 
the fact is you have Andy Reid, okay, leading the Chiefs to the number one seed. Harbaugh, John Harbaugh's back in the tournament. Back in. You know, he's been out the last few years. He's been out. Yeah. But gone back in, winning the AFC North Division title today. And a fifth person from that Reed tree, so to speak, could be Frank Reich, or yeah. fifth Eagles connection, I should say, yeah. would be Frank Reich, possibly tonight if the uh, Colts defeat the Titans or to be able to get that final wild card spot. It's a win and you're in, loser goes home situation on Sunday night football. So pretty impressive with the Eagles connections here that five of them of the 12 could possibly have come through Philadelphia at one point or another. So Yeah, I got a lot of rooting interest. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the NFC side, just one. So I yes, just worry exactly. about the Eagles. But on the AFC side, there's a couple coaches over there I like over there, so I'll be rooting for those guys. All right, we were talking about the run game there. So how about Josh Adams? We want to get to some of the player interviews from tonight's victory. Let's go to on the field, FedEx Field, Eagles insider Dave Spadaro catching up with Josh Adams following the Eagles shutout victory. Hey, what a great way to close out the regular season. What did you guys do so well offensively today? Uh, just stuck to our game plan, continue to run the ball, uh, kind of eat up some ground and uh, just keep our offense moving. Were you aware at all of what's happening with the Chicago Bears? Have you paid attention? No, I haven't. So uh, now that our game's over, hopefully we can get a little update. Bears have an 11-point lead, six minutes left. How's that sound? All right, let's do it. That right. means we got one more. Let's hey, go. Josh, you're on the road here. All these Eagles fans, what's it like? Uh, it's a lot of love. Um, I appreciate every single fan that came out. Thank you. Rookie season, Adams is headed to the postseason. So that? great work by him. And that's another person who at the beginning of the season, if you were to lay out who are going to be the key contributors to get the Eagles back to the postseason, Josh Adams' name was not <laughs> going to come up whatsoever. In the spring and summer, we barely saw him on the field. He was dealing with a nagging foot injury. It was obvious the way the coaches were treating him that they saw some potential in him, but we never thought that he was going to be a key contributor. At one point, we figured he was the feature back. He's the leading Listen. rusher on the team. <laughs> if you had that at the beginning of the season, I don't, I don't know what to give you as a prize, but nonetheless there, Josh Adams, the Eagles' leading rusher. Yeah. Say that again. Josh Adams, the Eagles' lead. Yeah. I don't know what the odds would have been on that one right there. So, But we saw Wendell Smallwood giving him some props there. So nice to see the, the interaction, the chemistry the, yeah. that they have there in that running back room. Deuce Staley doing a great job of, you know, after losing, losing Darren Sproles for most of the season, losing Jay Ajayi to a season-ending knee injury, losing Corey Clement to an injury. Yeah. You know, those are the guys you were relying upon. And going into the playoffs, Josh Adams, Wendell Smallwood, and Darren Sproles. All three of you guys, happy for Sproles. I think it'll be his first postseason appearance with the Eagles, right? Because he came the, after the 2013 correct. season. Yes, he yeah. came in the trade in, in 14 because right. he's he, the one he who beat us. He beat us in the playoffs, <laughs> yes, in that wild did. card game. So. Did, yeah. so, yeah, so it's actually his first time playing yeah, in the postseason. The Eagles, so that's going to be pretty cool. So, yeah. obviously, you've heard our, you've seen our reaction to the Eagles officially getting to the postseason. I don't, I don't know how much of Merrill and Mike's broadcast captured that essence of it because at the very least by the time our game ended Chicago had a right. nice lead on yeah. Minnesota they were able to finish after that so we're going to go to the sports radio 94 WIP booth and listen to the highlights of the game through Merrill Cam. On first down Johnson back to throw he's being chased starts to run directing traffic lets it go downfield and it is intercepted on the first pass by Rasul Douglas. 34-yard field goal attempt by Elliott. It is up, and it is good, and the Eagles take the lead. So Jake Elliott converts, and finally the Eagles are on the board. 
Into the shotgun is Josh Johnson. Three receivers right. Johnson back. He is running, trying to get free. He is hit and he is sacked. Great play by the Eagles. Rasul Douglas racing up with a corner blitz. Foles under center. Foles rolling, looking, still looking. Fires, and it is... Touchdown! Touchdown, Jeffrey! And he just rips the ball away from Josh Norman. A little rollout, getting Nick outside the pocket, and there's a, a real fight in the back of that end zone by two outstanding athletes, and Josh Norman and Alshon Jeffrey, and Alshon takes the football away. Motion to the near side. Falls back. Fires. Complete. Touchdown! He's got Aguilar. Gave him another shot, and they're in the end. No, they're saying incomplete. At first look, Mike, I thought he had it. And the ball came loose. Nelson is too concerned about trying to push the ball or stick the ball over the goal line and loses the football on his way down. Now let's take another look all, at that, Listen, Mike. all he really has to do is catch the ball, hold on to the ball. He catches it. He's trying to reach for the pylon, that's and the touchdown. football comes that's out. That's a touchdown. That's a Mike, touchdown. that's a touchdown. That, that ball... Penetrated yes. the goal and so, line. And so Doug's going to challenge this. Yeah, and, it's a and touchdown. And he's going to find out that this is, a, in fact, a touchdown. It is a touchdown. It is a touchdown because he caught it as he extended it. He catches it. the football, and he starts to extend it over the pylon, and he's already broken the plane. Yes. Then the football comes out. Yes, it's a touchdown. Johnson back. Johnson steps up. He's hit. He fumbles the football. Let's see who has it. I think the Eagles have recovered. They have. Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox with the strip sack. Sudfeld lines up again. It is second and ten. He floats it. He completes it. And running for a first down and more is Aguilar. And he is. He is he in? I'm awaiting a signal. Oh, yeah. He is in. The Eagles win their fifth game in six weeks. They beat the Washington Redskins. 24 to nothing, and there is life. There is life. There is life indeed. Now, what's interesting about the view there at FedEx Field, Merrill Reese has told me over the years, is by far the worst in the entire <laughs> NFL. Right, yeah. Okay? Is right. the worst perspective. I've been in the press box there over the years, and you're basically in the end zone. So if you're on the one side of the field, it's almost impossible to tell what's going on on the field. So, you know, kudos to Mike Quick and Merrill Reese for the amazing job they do each and every week. And I, I was hoping to capture that emotion, that energy. We, we've had two phenomenal finishes there where last week you get Jake Elliott's game winner against Houston, and this week you get the shutout victory followed by the hope that the Eagles might be in the playoffs. And a couple minutes later, thank you to the Chicago Bears. They made it a reality for us. Yeah, they really did. I mean, listen, we didn't know how that Bears game was going to finish out considering what the Rams were doing out there to San Francisco. And the Rams in San Francisco, that game was over from the time they entered that stadium uh, in L.A. because the, 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 the 49ers had no shot at beating the Rams. So then the concern became how long will Matt Nagy play his first teamers? Um, and I, I got to give him 
a lot of credit, man. He decided to play those guys really pretty much all the way through the game. Yeah. I mean, that, that 49ers-Rams game was out of – that was out of reach at before halftime. It was 31 to 10 going in, a, in the locker room. The Rams scored immediately coming out of the locker room. So it's 38 to 10 before you know it. Matt Nagy could have very easily pulled his guys, but the score was 13 to 10 at the time, I believe, when the Rams went up 31 to 10. And that's when I started to get concerned. I'm like, okay. Here's where he's about to start Pull pulling the his players. Back and say, whatever happens, happens. But he didn't. So. He left his guys in there. And um, thank you. <laughs> thank you <laughs> to Matt Nagy for being able to do that, to leave his guys in there. And his defense had played so well up to that point. His offense was sputtering a little bit, but his defense was playing tremendous. And I think he wanted to reward them for the way that they had played. And quite frankly, the, uh, the, the Vikings never scored again. I mean, it was 13 to 10, and they they won the final score 24 10. Yeah, the final score was 24 to 10. So uh, that Bears defense really won that game for them because the Vikings wind up going for it on fourth down several times, not converting, and ended up giving the Bears good field position where they turned one of them into a touchdown. Touchdown, they got a two point conversion, two point able, conversion able to finish yeah. off the deal there. Yeah. So the final points of the Eagles' regular season didn't come courtesy of a Nick Foles touchdown <laughs> pass came from Nate Sudfeld. And Nate Sudfeld, special day for him because he got to play most of the regular season finale last year against Dallas. The Eagles were shut out 6 to nothing. The Eagles rested the starters, yeah. but no. Nate <laughs> Sudfeld was not able to gain points on the board. So, regular season finale. We didn't expect to see Nate in this situation. Okay. Nate. You know, it was, it, was, it was at least blowout time, but still, we weren't expecting to see him in this situation. Sure. And, of course, he came off the bench through one incomplete pass. Okay, made sure not to turn the ball over before Nick Foles led the game-winning drive against Houston. Comes in today against the team that drafted him. Discarded him last year. The Eagles put him on the practice squad. I Re- forgot about that. He's a for- he's former yeah, early of Washington. That's where he started his career. Yes, I forgot. Washington, Jay Gruden sitting on his conference call yeah. with Philadelphia reporters this week saying, uh, we, we had a roster issue at the time. We needed some extra players. We, we just couldn't have – <laughs> they could have used them this season, certainly, to keep their season afloat. So, nonetheless, the Eagles signed him to the practice squad, quickly bumped him up to the active roster when I think it was Indianapolis, wanted to sign him to their active roster. And uh, Nate Silva comes in and throws his first career touchdown pass against his forward team, a 22-yard catch and run to Nelson Aguilar. And the best part was at the end, Aguilar gives the ball to a fan sitting in the front row. Come on, Nelly. Nate, Nate comes running in saying, that's my <laughs> first touchdown. Yeah. It's an Eagles fan. It's a young Eagles fan. <laughs> Cherishing the memento he just got from Nelson Aguilar. What a great day. Eagles getting the win. I got this this touchdown ball. And Nate just comes and steals it. It's like an RPO. Takes the ball right back there. Our oh, Eagles attire, Dave Spinner. I, I hope Dave Spinner interviews uh, Nate Sudfeld about that very moment there. Let's go to that interview from Field. Eagles attire, Dave Spinner with quarterback Nate Sudfeld after the Eagles win. Nate, how'd it feel out there for you? First real extended action. Yeah, it felt really good. Um... I just tried to stay in the moment and, you know, play one play at a time. And coaches called great plays and guys were, you know, making great blocks and catches around me. So it was, it was fun to play a little bit. The thrill of your first NFL touchdown pass. Yeah, I don't think it's quite hit me yet. Um, it's definitely pretty cool, but much, I'll probably reflect on it a little bit tonight. But I don't know. Just glad that we got the win tonight. And, dude, you got the ball back. That's so cool. <laughs> I know. I know. I felt really bad. Nelly gave it away, and then I went up to the kid. I was like, hey, I'll get you a new one, but this is my first one. Can I keep it? And he's like, okay. So I felt really bad about that, but we got him hooked up. 
At least I think somebody did get a ball for the boy. Right. But, yeah. But I, I actually wanted did Sunfield have the ball when he was doing the interview right there? I was looking to see right. if he was going to hold it up as a special moment from uh, the Eagles' 24 to nothing win over Washington. So what we're going to do now is take our first commercial break on the other side. We're going to go inside the film room for the Rico review where Fran Duffy and Greg Cosell are going to break down. I think it was Nelson Aguilar's first touchdown of the day. And we're also going to reveal our Toyota Player of the Week nominees. Now, if you are following us on social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitter, you need to come on over to PhiladelphiaEagles.com or the app to watch the rest of the show. We're going to give you a few minutes to get situated. I can't believe, like, <laughs> we're in the playoffs. We'll see you me. after these few minutes. <laughs> The life of a Philly sports fan is a wild ride. Some years we triumph, some years we trust. What never changes year after year is how we get to the game. Shoulder to shoulder with our fellow fans on SEPTA. Get your ride started at iSEPTAPhilly.com. When you're treated like the pros, you'll celebrate like the pros. Rothman Orthopedics at Jefferson Health gets you and your favorite athletes back in the game. Well, I'm trying to get home, but it feels like another life. Yeah, I'm trying to stay strong. Sometimes I realize that the further I go, the more that I know. I home. When you and your money are treated with respect, you prosper. And at Santander Bank, respect adds up. The life of a Philly sports fan is a wild ride. Some years we triumph, some years we trust. What never changes year after year is how we get to the game. Shoulder to shoulder with our fellow fans on SEPTA. Get your ride started at iSEPTAPhilly.com. At Santander Bank, we want you to prosper. That's why we treat you and your money with respect. Learn more about how respect adds up at Santander by visiting SantanderBank.com. McDonald's, proud partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, so let's go through some of the reaction on social media. And Carson Wentz on the sidelines. Happy birthday, number 26 to that? number 11. Birthday present, Eagles getting back in the playoffs. Playoffs, so proud of the resiliency of this team. And you get the, the right hashtag in there, fly, fly Eagles, fly. fly. You to, better believe it. So, And then, every, playoffs. That's my favorite right there. There it is. Lane Johnson, the Eagle emoji, and yeah. then with the Jim Moore. There we go. That, uh, how many times we're going to see that? That's, yeah, a lot. I tweeted that out. Nobody picked up my tweet? Okay, that's cool. I'll, I'll retweet for you, so I'll give you some love there. <laughs> Nobody picked up my tweet. Okay. Uh, cool. And then, and then uh, we just heard Merrill Cam, the voice of the Eagles. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, I, I wish I could read this in his voice. I, every time I actually read so a Merrill Treats, yeah. uh, every time Merrill tweets something, I always read it in his voice to make it that much better. But uh, so many people are responsible for it. But the, the book is not finished. That's a, he said a storybook finished. We're, we're not done yet. Okay, we're not done yet. Go. Phillies. Okay. And now, how about some love? 
from the other Phillies sports teams. The Phillies, that was on uh, the home opener for the Phillies there. Doug Peterson threw it. Yeah, throwing out the first ball was uh, Doug Peterson. Oh, threw a strike. Yeah, delivered. Delivered the heat on that one. So, back in the playoffs, let's go. Should be at Eagles, but you know what? It doesn't make a difference right there. So, (laughs) the Phillies Phillies (laughs) at least showing love. That's all, that's all that matters. So Come we're getting love for the other sports teams right there. So yes. uh, it, it's funny because actually even Nick Foles said in his press conference, I get to put on this jersey for another week. Let's make it more than a week. We don't we don't yeah. have to set it at one week, okay? <laughs> all right, we, we don't need to uh, limit ourselves right here. Guaranteed, guaranteed next week. But again, the Eagles must go on the road to face a very tough that, – that's Chicago defense. That, that yeah. matchup alone. It's going to be outstanding. Could be very difficult. Yeah, but you know what? I I, I like the matchup, I, and I expect a I expect a tight game. I expect a low scoring game. I don't expect a lot of points uh, in this game. Chicago doesn't give up a ton of points. Don't know what the weather is going to be like, but we know Chicago in January can expect a ton of win. Uh, in that game, obviously, Windy City. So I, I expect one of those low-scoring games. I really yep. do. This is going to boil down to who takes care of the football. Can the Eagles get some short fields uh, on that Chicago Bears defense? It's going to be difficult to drive constantly against that defense out there in Chicago. So I think you're going to need some turnovers. Like I said, the good thing for the Eagles defense is that Doug, Doug Peterson is very familiar with that offense over there in Chicago. So you're talking about two teams from a schematic standpoint are going to be very uh, uh, familiar with each other, right? They're, they're, they're going to be very familiar with the same cloth. So. Which is going to also call Lynn, Lynn for a, a tight football game. It just is. And it's going to be who can find those hidden, those hidden yards, whether it's through special teams, right? It could be a big special teams play, a big punt return, maybe a punt block, a field goal block, something like that. When you're going up against a team like Chicago, that's how. So. Yeah, you know, Greg, strictly business, man. Yeah. <laughs> like Mike Mayock, man. Those guys don't smile. But at least for, <laughs> for Greg, though, I mean, we get, we get another Eagle Eye podcast. Yep. We get the All-20 review tomorrow morning, which everyone will want to watch. Sure. sure. All right. If the, Eagle, if the Eagles had won and not made the playoffs, nobody's watching All-20 review. <laughs> Let's face it. This thing. Oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> This show, this show would have been over an hour ago. Okay, no, no one would want to listen to Radio Ike here. You know, go on right. and on, on and on and on. No, it, it, it wouldn't happen. Okay, so we, we get another week. That's the that's biggest. Right. That's all we. Ha- Basically, when the Eagles were four and six, my first thought was just make the last month mean something. No doubt that's about all, it. That's all I asked no for because I did it. not. I don't want to be like those teams around the league yeah. playing those one o'clock games in week seventeen, and you just know you're done. You, you just know it's, you're talking off-season, you're talking big picture, 30,000 feet, all that type of stuff. Just give me, give me a play, you know, playoff-type atmosphere down the stretch, okay? And, you know, I have to give it to the fans who really, really delivered over the last month because fans could have checked out on this team. Yeah. But you go, you go back to the L.A. game. That was a pro-Eagles crowd. That, that might have been a majority Eagles crowd there in Los Angeles against the Rams. Yeah. Certainly, Houston – Look, the Eagle, that was playoff atmosphere right there. Bringing the juice, making it electric there at the link for the regular season finale. and turned out to be the season finale at home. And then all the fans who went to Washington for the game today. I don't know how many fans bought tickets this week because of the you know, implications of the playoffs. Some might have already had booked their tickets a while sure. ago. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, though, the fans turning out tailgates throughout the uh, FedEx field lots there. Uh, just great job. Just, just a great just in so many ways, as an Eels fan, just so tremendous because 
we didn't think this was going to happen. We thought that we got the Super Bowl and we're not going to get blessed to get another playoff appearance the following season. It's almost like, all right, you got, you got your one, you got your championship, be happy with it. We get a chance to make another run. That's right. It's right there in front of this team that we're going to have the opportunity to defend the crown starting next weekend at Soldier Field against the Chicago Bears. We're going to take our last break here on the postgame show presented by Rico. On the other side, we're going to get the Toyota Player of the Week nominees and then say farewell to 2018 and look forward to 2019 and what could be started with another run next weekend against Chicago. We'll be back in a few. See what's happening at your local Acme. Better sale prices, superior service, and great quality products. Cleaner, friendlier, fresher, like fresher meat and seafood, and fresher produce, including organic. And our butchers cut our USDA choice Lancaster beef in store every day. So stop in, shop, and see for yourself why Acme is just better. Shop on game day and save 5% at Acme when wearing your Eagles apparel. Trying to get home, but it feels like another life. Yeah, I'm trying to stay strong. Sometimes I realize that the further I go, the more that I know that I want to go home. When you and your money are treated with respect, you prosper. And at Santander Bank, respect adds up. Now it's your chance to vote for the Toyota Player of the Week. Go to PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash Toyota Player of the Week to cast your vote and get a chance at a brand new Toyota. Our first nominee this week, wide receiver Nelson Aguilar. Two touchdown receptions on the day helping put the game out of reach there. Nice for him to step up in a big way late in the season. Uh, last week he had the 83-yard touchdown reception, which came at an opportune time in the second half. This week... Two touchdown receptions, including the first career one from Nate Sudfeld. And happy for him because with five receptions, he finishes the year with 63, giving him a new career high, which he had just which he had just set a year ago. So you're getting a little bit of consistency, consistency with him. Back-to-back -back solid years from number 13, Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, back-to-back 60-plus -back catches in an offense that's an equal opportunist offense where they spread the ball around. Good job of Nelson the last few weeks really stepping up big, becoming another big play weapon in this offense, allowing them to stretch the field, which is another reason why this team is one of the most dangerous going into the playoffs, and no one wants to see them because they're starting to click on all cylinders. Getting a guy like Nelson going should bode well for him. You speak of battle-tested in the playoffs, his career game came in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, yeah. All right, so right there alone, that shows what he can do in the biggest of moments. Our second nominee, give it up. To number 32, cornerback Rasul Douglas opening the game with the interception of the fir first play of the game. Josh Johnson going deep for Josh Doxson. Rasul Douglas having none of it. Finishes with six total tackles on the day. 
Uh, tackle for loss of Johnson in the backfield as well. It didn't go down as a sack. It was a tackle for loss. But, uh, you know, you look at the guys who have had to fill important roles down the stretch. This was supposed to be Sidney Jones. This was supposed to be Jalen Mills. It was supposed to be Ronald Darby, okay? And now we've got Avante Maddox. We've got Rasul Douglas and Cravon LeBlanc. Credit to Douglas, especially the last couple of weeks, not just from a pass cover standpoint, but the tackling, making sure that if he gave up a reception, that it stopped right there. There was no yards after the catch. And I thought Douglas did a great job from that standpoint. I think he's been much better in recent weeks there. So kudos to Douglas for stepping up, given this opportunity. Yeah, young fella making, an, uh, making the most of the opportunity coming down the stretch and uh, has managed to come up with some big turnovers these last few games. Certainly has shored up the tackling on the back end of this defense, which really was sort of ailing them in the middle part of the season. You're seeing better gang tackling. That's yeah, their better pursuit really to the football in recent weeks. And uh, last but not least here, you, c you can't leave off another historic performance, okay? But when all is said and done, Nick Foles is going to be the guy with the most touchdown passes in a single game, tied the mark with seven against Oakland back in 2013, gave the Eagles a first Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, Pro Bowl MVP, franchise a single game record for most passing yards and now ties the NFL record for most consecutive completions in a game with 25, uh, completing nearly 85% of his pass attempts today. And this all despite exiting the game early because of a chest injury. You saw the nice pass there along the sideline to Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, you know, so overall, the biggest throw I thought he had came late in the first half. It was on that real long drive, that 19 play drive if I'm correct that took it felt like yeah. the entire second quarter um the one uh, golden take the one no the touchdown to Alshon Jeff oh, right here yeah. wrestling the ball away from from Josh Norman there that made it 10 nothing going into halftime it really put the game out of reach but you know third down even fourth down conversion using QB sneaks uh just overall another good performance had an interception on the first drive shook it off from there and really another efficient performance as the offense did what it had to do, didn't give Washington any hope for a chance of a comeback, and just kept that Washington defense on the field for so long. I forget the, the final numbers in terms of time of possession, but. It was, uh, 43 and 43 change. 43 minutes. Yeah, 43, 43 and change. 43 minutes. Just yeah. an efficient attack there, led once again by Foles, who's done a great job down the stretch to get the Eagles not just into playoff position, but into the postseason. Yeah, I mean, quarterback play over the last four weeks, man, three weeks has been outstanding. And Nick Foles has been the guy that's under center. Another great game from Nick, operating this offense with, with high efficiency, spreading the ball around, taking what the defense has given them, big third down conversions, even fourth down conversions, doing what Nicky Six does. Now, I, I have to admit, I didn't realize at the end of the game that Fletcher Cox finished with three sacks to get yeah. to ten and a half on the season. Certainly, he's also deserving very much of the Toyota Player of the Week nomination honors. He'll, he'll be the unsung hero, I would say, for this ball game. That defensive line just eating for sure. all day long, but a phenomenal outing by him down the stretch. You're really carrying the defense throughout the course of the season, being that guy in the middle. You know, he has said that this season he wanted to be a captain, was named a captain for the first time in his career, and has really led the charge, getting over double-digit sacks, really huge for him as he's established himself as one of the not just not just best. We're, we're, we're getting onto different plateaus with, with Fletcher Cox, okay? Yeah. Another four, four straight Pro Bowl nominations. So he's one of the elite defensive players in the NFL. Yeah. But we're getting to the point where you're not just talking about one of the best 
defensive tackles in franchise history. He holds a record for most sacks by a defensive tackle. You're not just talking about one of the best defensive linemen getting up there with Reggie Jerome, the, the greats there in, in franchise history, Clyde Simmons as well. You're just talking about one of the best defensive players, period, in franchise history yeah. with Fletcher Cox, the way he just keep, keeps adding and adding and adding to his resume year in and year out. Again, four consecutive Pro Bowls, Super Bowl championship, anchoring the line to get the team back to the postseason once again. Fletcher Cox, a man dog there, number 91 in the middle of that defense. Yeah, I mean, just um, another big year for Fletcher. When you're a player as great as Fletcher, a lot of responsibility comes with that type of talent. That means you got to show up every week. That means you have to set the tone for your teammates every week. And I think Fletcher has uh, displayed that throughout this season. Put a lot of pressure on himself. Said he wanted to be defensive player of the year. Most guys don't, don't speak uh, publicly about that sort of thing. But Fletcher had no problem putting that bullseye on his back, making that one of his goals, one of his objectives. Didn't necessarily get that. That's probably going to go to Aaron Donald or Khalil Mack. But I tell you, Fletcher Cox was in the hunt, and he was certainly the best defensive player on this team. And you talked about the type of career he's establishing as a defensive player here. He is certainly putting himself in a class with the likes of the Reggie Whites, the Chuck Van Erics, the Brian Dawkins, the yep. Jeremiah Trotters, the Clyde Simmons, the Jerome Browns, the Hugh Douglases, all these guys, man, that were great defensive players during their time here. Fletcher is right there with them. And the great thing is, what is Fletcher, 27? What is he? Yeah. He's still young. He's yeah. still a young guy. He's in guy. the prime. He's in yeah, the prime he's of his still, career. still got a lot of good football uh, left to go in him. So, um Going to have a good time watching him play the rest of his career. And hopefully next week against the Chicago yep. Bears offensive line. So, again, next week, we don't know the date just yet, date and time, but the Eagles will be taking on the Chicago Bears. Again, the Toyota Player of the Week nomination. I will say this, Fletcher Cox will be in the running for the Toyota Player of the Year right. award when all is said and done here. So, that's your matchup right there, Eagles-Bears at Soldier Field. Going to be another phenomenal matchup. Let's get to the last couple of tweets here. We got some celebrities chiming in, celebrity Eagles fans. Kobe Bryant just dropping the Eagle emoji. It's simplistic. Black Mamba. That's, that's, what he, that's all he do. The finisher. That's all he's he needs to do. He's a winner. He's a finisher. He knows how to get the job done. <laughs> so Kobe checking in there. And our other one here, oh, got favorite, Mike Trout. Favorite Eagles fan right you know, there. Right there. So Mike Trout. Mike, Mike Trout's Did he get a ball today? I was going to say, Did he's Nelson upset. Did he get that, that ball? Yeah. That, that ball that uh took back from the boy. He's looking at that boy. That's my ball. <laughs> that's my spot right there. That should have been mine. Okay. So. Tomorrow, we, it's not been set. I believe head coach Doug Peterson will be addressing the media at noon. That typically is the case there. Day after games, again, we have to find out when the Eagles are going to be playing. Could be Saturday, Sunday of next weekend. Uh, are you actually working? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Marks and Reese, 2 p.m., Sports Radio, 94 WIP. It's been a lot of fun the last month. Oh, I'm sure it has been. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun, a lot of excitement. And uh, Eagles being back in the playoffs, can't wait to 2 o'clock tomorrow. Marks and Reese, I'm sure, will be breaking down the big matchup. Uh, it's going to be like a two-part week, right? Because you got the holiday on Tuesday. Exactly. And so we got we, everybody will be off on Tuesday, and then we'll get restarted. Then you get hyped then. Yeah, we'll get restarted on Wednesday, yeah. Get all right. So before we sign off, all right, this is, is going to take a moment here. I'm going to do this on the spot here. I'm going to embarrass yeah. all the, the men and women behind the glass who make it happen. They, you guys need to come on out here right now, okay? Don't fight me on this because the longer you guys wait, the longer we're going to be on the air because as much fun 
is Ike and I have bringing you guys the post game show presented by Rico each and every week. It takes a lot. It takes a team effort behind the scenes. You have you know people yelling your ear, making it happen. So we, this is the last one of the regular season. Okay, all right. Everyone, everyone has to get back here. Jack, you get back here as well, buddy. Come on, okay. Everyone gets on camera for the, for the finale here, okay. So it's a truly talented team. Yes, I love working up. with these guys each and every week. So very special in making this happen. So we, we got a few, few more buys coming out here, group. okay? See? Yeah. All right, so we're, we're going to probably be out of the air for a few extra minutes here. Everyone, everyone crowd. Big, yeah, big Steve. Been here two hours there we go. Yeah. What's, what's a few more minutes here? Uh, but from our family here at the Philadelphia Eagles, all these great people to help bring you this show each and every week. We want to wish you all a happy new year. The new season begins as the Eagles are in the playoffs once again, defeating Washington by a score of 24 to nothing, and then the Chicago Bears manhandling the Minnesota Vikings by a score of 24 to 10. Thank you very much for joining us on this final regular season edition of the post-game show presented by Rico. We will see you as the Eagles take on the Chicago Bears next weekend. Oh, you almost made it. <laughs> We're still on air, though. Yeah, we're still on air. <laughs> yeah, we're still on air. Fred's trying to get credit over here. I was trying to get credit over here.